You are listening to the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast, the show for first-time leaders, for that moment in your career when the buck stops with you. This is your window into the world of how to lead successfully. Now, over to your host, James Nagel. Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast, the show for first-time leaders. I'm James Nagel, and my guest today is Jonathan Logue. Jonathan is the L&D director at LinkedIn for EMEA and LATAM based in Dublin. He is a HR guy by desire, not by accident. He studied psychology at university and brings a varied experience to the role. As well as time in corporate, he has had his own HR business and he has even been a trailing spouse. In addition to his duties at LinkedIn, he finds time to be an associate faculty member at the Irish Management Institute, the IMI. So it's my pleasure to introduce Jonathan Logue. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, James. How are you? Great. So today we thought we'd talk about what it takes to succeed or put another way to swim, not sink at, uh, at LinkedIn. You know, what was different in terms of your experience uh, versus what you expected when you joined? Yeah, I had a number of interviews. I'm not, not sure they were totally convinced of me until the very end. But I had over over nine interviews with various different people around the world. I got a really good sense of the culture and, and what the values were of the company and how they translated uh, in a meaningful way to the people that interviewed me. So I wasn't getting the stock questions about culture and values. I was really coming from, this is what I believe in as part of, as an employee of LinkedIn. And what can you bring to this company uh, as a prospective employee to LinkedIn? Um, so whether the whether the culture, the cultural tenets or the values were things around you know members first, or whether it was about humour or collaboration or about integrity, they were really trying to find out if I was the person to join that company. So bringing my skills and experience, but more at a, at a level that was much more deeply personal and connected to the mission and vision of LinkedIn, and then how we show up and how we work with each other was through the culture and values and the demonstration of those and. Over the course of those kind of couple of months between the first interview and then being offered the role, I was very lucky that I got a really good sense of what that was all about. Then when I joined, there's always that HR joke, which talks about when you hire somebody, you're giving them all the great stuff. And then when you actually, when they become staff, it's a very, very different reality. And I was lucky that I got something even better than that. But let me let me make it a bit more personal, right? So nine interviews, when they put the famous offer letter in front of you, did they tell you clearly what it is that they saw in you, why they wanted you? I don't think it was as simple as we want you because, and then gave me a list. I think over the course of the process, while they were interviewing me, I was also interviewing them. But what I was getting was a really great sense of what they were looking from from me. And that was bringing my experience. And I was lucky enough to do work across APAC and work across EMEA and spend at that time a little bit of work doing a little bit of work in the US. So I brought a lot of experience from various different parts of the world, but also very different sectors. So, so let's maybe go to that moment when you were doing your induction. How many of those um, are still with LinkedIn? What sort of percentage? Uh, I'd say about 40%. I remember the HR director at the time asking me, I think she was interview number five, I think it was. And she said to me, if you're, if you're successful in getting this role, what will you do when you leave? And I thought that was a really powerful and interesting question because of what it said was, you know, you're going to come and work in LinkedIn if you're successful and you'll be here for a certain length of time. Um, but you'll leave. There'll be a time when you will go on and do something much 
better and much bigger and, uh, and everything else. And you'll be a much better professional when you leave. And since joining LinkedIn, I've now found that the whole purpose of the role that I have now is to leave it a better, a better role than when I got it. And so transformation as one of those kind of cultural tenets that we speak about is not so much an invitation as it's an expectation. We expect that you're going to grow and learn and develop and be amazing and be much better and fulfill that potential that you have. And that might be hopefully in LinkedIn, but if not, then great. Yeah, I'm not going to fall into the trap of of, of differentiating between those who stayed with the swimmers and those who, who left with the sinkers because it's, it's not that sort of a world. But how would you characterize the ones who have stayed? I'll talk about the people that I work with as to why I stay. Um, I have been very fortunate over the last number of years to work for some really inspiring and sharp people. Uh, there is a collective ambition. And so we're very, very clear in terms of the direction of where we're going. Uh, we are a very purposeful company uh, about what we want to try and do um, to transform the world, if you like. And it's, it's a very lofty ambition. And maybe some listeners may find that a bit jading or jarring. But for me, it still gets me up in the morning after five and a half years of working there. And so there's those things that really make a difference. And when it comes to working with amazing people who bring a vast amount of experience from tech or from other industries, that's the reason why I want to work with them, because they inspire me to do the best work of my career every single day. Congratulations on that. So let's look at you now as the L&D person. As we talked previously, you're not involved in the recruitment of the people, so you deal with what presents. So what what are the steps you take when you're helping people come in at, at a senior level? What are the supports that they they tend to ask for and what do you provide for those that are more seasoned and more senior we have to do something a bit different and so what we try and do is we try and offer them the same experience as what any individual contributor any salesperson any engineer or any marketeer would get but we then have to go and give them something more than that and so what we try and do is we try and help them by offering them a little bit more of an like an executive onboarding experience and this is where hr play a hugely important role as part of the as, as the main part of the jigsaw for us and how we work with and, and sort of bring those people in and help them to really ramp up as effectively and as efficiently as they possibly can. Of course, they usually are very successful people in their own right. So sometimes there's a bit of a dip because they want to come in and when they want to change the world, they've got a huge amount of energy, huge amount of ambition, a huge amount of, of experience, and they want to apply that immediately into LinkedIn. And here's sometimes where sometimes we have this challenge because some of those people that have come from very established, very strong companies with very, very strong cultures can sometimes come in and it jars with what we're trying to do in LinkedIn. So sometimes it comes to, and you know, this is, some, this is one of the things that I talk about when we do our interview skills training, for example. I talk about you can bring all the experiences that you have, but don't be defined by the companies you used to work for. Because now you're with LinkedIn and you're obviously with LinkedIn for a reason. There's a reason why you decided you, you chose us and we chose you. So with that comes then the culture that we want to create, the, the leader that we want you to be. We want you to be a compassionate leader. We want you to be an inspiring leader. We want you to be an inspiring leader when maybe you don't feel that inspiring. Um, so for all those kind of points, it, it's a lot more of the softer skills than some of the harder skills that maybe they would have been rewarded for and achieved great success with in other companies. 
And uh, I remember that moment where you'd have the new hotshot come in and there'd be the famous, famous moment at the board table where they would say, look, when I was in P&G or Unilever or whatever the company and everybody around the table would just roll their eyes, right? This was a mm-hmm. cultural taboo <laughs> to, to do this. Absolutely. Would that be something similar in, in LinkedIn? I've seen it. I've seen it done. I've seen the eye roll. I've seen the eye roll. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because, you, you know, there's a reason. I, I joined the company and I remain with the company because of the culture and values and the amazing people that work there. So I want to keep that as, as a leader in, in, in LinkedIn. I'm not a consumer of our culture. I'm an ambassador for it. And when you come in at a senior level into a company like LinkedIn, you're expected to be that ambassador, that you are the ambassador of the culture and the, you know, the standard bearer, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The stakes are higher. So how do you get visibility on the needs? You talked about at a senior level, you intend for it to be a bit more tailored, but how willing do you find new leaders, specifically those from outside, that they will come to you proactively with with what they're struggling with? Or do you have to sort of uh, sense it and, <laughs> and pursue it? Sometimes it's like it's like being at a it's like being at a dance uh, when you're Irish. All the boys are on one side and all the girls on the other side. Sometimes, as a boy, you have to have the courage to go and ask the girl. Uh, and it's exactly the same when it comes to being in learning and development, because some of those leaders from the outside have maybe had a very very different experience around learning and development or around HR that they haven't quite experienced something that's same that, that that you get in in, in LinkedIn, and so. The reason why I say that is because human resources are, are an integral part of this. They are they they help and encourage and set up leaders for success. And some leaders may choose to not tap into that expertise and that trusted advisorship offered by our HR business partners because they may have not experienced that before. Um, and similarly with learning and development, the same rule applies. They're like, well, no, I'm 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 a senior leader. I'm I'm all good. I've done that course. I've been to that place. I've done. I've got that degree. I've got that master's. I'm all good. Whereas where we're coming from is, you know, if we're talking about transformation, if we're talking about transformation of self and others and and, and the world, you have to be able to demonstrate that on a regular basis. You have to be the one that is constantly transforming themselves to become a more relevant and better leader. In, in turbulent times and beyond. So there's a lot more of the softer skills. I think uh, Peter Drucker talked about hard is soft and soft is hard. The hard skills, the me- like the hard metrics, they're easy to measure. Sometimes they're a bit soft. It's the softer stuff that really sets people apart in LinkedIn, I think, because of the way that we go about making sure that relationships do matter. And that's one of the things that's another, something that's really important to us from our culture and values. But it's undoubtedly a tough conversation. And when you're going to somebody who's at a senior level, who's got a great CV, who's come in with you know energy and ambition, but something's not quite right in the way they're handling something. Generally, do you find them receptive? I mean, I know you, you're not going to get into the examples here, but what's your experience when you're having those tough conversations with senior people about the soft stuff, which is the hard stuff? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, there's, there's two ways. I think sometimes I think it's, I, I've got a duty and responsibility, I feel to offer feedback directly uh, and to sort of create a bit more of an understanding and maybe a level of awareness of maybe something that this leader is mi- missing 
because of the fact that they have this laser focus on the achievement of objectives, some of the hard measures that we spoke of. The Johari window is something that we use in coaching quite a lot. And it's amazing when sometimes it fits into the conversations I'm having with those leaders, how they may have this open area, which is known to me and known, known, by, uh, known to you, but that blind spot can be quite a large area to, to work on. Then coupled with that, then, then there's the, the other part is around, we try and, you know, we talk about open, honest, and constructive when it comes to feedback. And so we use this language, which helps leaders to understand what's happening or what's going to happen next. And then there's also, we use a, a, things like employee voice survey, for example. So we do employee voice surveys, not every year, but, but four times a year. And that's a really good pulse check about what the team is thinking about, how the leader is showing up. And then obviously we have coaching programs and we've got 360s that we use that are really kind of connected to our, our values uh, and about how the leader demonstrates those values. So there's a number of different points that come into those conversations to help the leader to be set up for success. Some personality types are obsessed about delivery of results and they feel very comfortable in that area. But building, I think, on what you were saying there, they don't realize that at a higher level, that's an output rather than an input, right? And you have to put in the heart. You have to put in the relationships, building the trust, et cetera, et cetera. Otherwise, the results won't come. We know of other companies that are all about the results, right? We, we know those kind of companies that it's all about getting the results and doing everything you can to get those results. In LinkedIn, the way we look at things is we've got sort of three three buckets, if you like, when it comes to the measurement of performance. We talk about leadership, we talk about leverage, and we talk about results. The results bit, yep, absolutely, we get that. We know what that means. But leadership and leverage are a bit different. Leadership is about the demonstration of how I demonstrate the culture and values of LinkedIn. Leverage is about what I'm doing to share my, my knowledge, to share what worked, and more importantly, what to share what didn't work with others, to seek to scale 10x. So what are the things that I can do that are not for a small team of six in Dublin, but could be something that could be used by that team in order to be used by their function or by the region or, or even by the, you know, by, by the entire company? And so it comes back to the point I was making earlier on about ambition, about making sure that what I'm doing is the right focus on the right things at the right time for the right people. And I think sometimes it's hard for me to say no to some of the vanity projects that I want to work on because I'm interested in them and to remain focused on what is it that's going to give the maximum return, not for the team or my client or whatever it is, but for the company. So I think, I think it's important to bear in mind that we talk about the what, which is the, the results, obviously, but the how is, how is very important too. And that's not just for me in a HR role, that's for everybody across the organization. We can't let the the current environment uh, pass by without asking a question, which is, you know, we're mid-April, we're still in the middle of the COVID, you're working in L&D, and you're working remotely. Two questions, if I can ask. One is, you know, without being able to walk the floor and seeing in people's eyes where the struggles, the challenges, the pressures are, how are you, how are you getting that done? And the second one is, who seems to be, surviving better at this time and who what what personality types tend to struggle yeah great question a lot of people this may be their first downturn if you like this is certainly our first pandemic so it's creating a very very different environment for everybody and so firstly what i've been very very fortunate in linkedin is our leadership team has been absolutely crystal clear 
on communicating regularly, about being very clear about what the messages are and continuing to make sure that they are heard by, 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 by everybody. And they're also being very clear by telling us to look after ourselves and to look after our families. And so there has been a very, very strong message coming from our executive team uh, and from our business leaders about making sure that we look after our health. An example of that would be uh, when we talk about one-to-ones in LinkedIn, we encourage our managers to ask people, so how are you? And how are you really, really? Now, that sounds a bit weird. And for many of your listeners, they may sound, that sounds a really weird kind of question to be asking. But essentially what we're doing is it's rather than the, how are you? I'm fine. Everything's good. Great. I won't ask anything else. But it's about, no, how are you really, really? What's going on for you right now? Because as your as your listeners know, one size does not fit all. One size must fit one for how you go about leading your management team or your team of ICs or your team of sales reps or whatever it is, that you really need to tap into where their heads are at because they're not machines. They're squidgy humans. They're squidgy beings. And so that's my first, my first kind of, my first lesson that I've learned about that. The second question that you asked is about who seems to swim better, who's who's sinking and who's swimming. I think there is a strong correlation that I'm seeing, and it's just anecdotal, James. I'll be honest, is that I'm seeing those with more emotional intelligence and more skills around resiliency seeming to last and land better in terms of how they lead and again how they show up for their teams and for each other. So we know we've had a good audience on the show. If the next time we meet people, they say, how are you really, really? Yeah, absolutely. We know the point has landed. And I think the second thing I would just pick up on from that answer is the point about resilience. I think that for anyone in their career, whether they're in their 20s or 30s or 40s, this downturn of whatever scale it is, is just part of the the business cycle, the life cycle. And it's to get take the right learnings out of it and to see it in some sort of a perspective. So, Jonathan, that's been that's been really good. Really interested to get uh, the insight on on your journey, your own personal journey at LinkedIn, and to share some of your experiences. So, my final killer question to you is: When you get your new senior leader coming in in the MEA organization, what's the key single piece of advice you give them? Build your muscle for the soft skills. And what I mean by that is, this is about really leading with curiosity about really trying to understand where people are at because chances are if you've been an executive elsewhere you tend to uh maybe not listen in the way that you possibly could have done in your in in, in earlier on in your career and sometimes executives forget the importance of that ostentatious listening about really being curious to find out what's happening in the business and what's happening with your people in the business great advice thanks a lot for your time jonathan Thank you. You've been listening to the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast. Subscribe at swimnotsink.com forward slash podcast.